Hey, Tim. Hello, Dan. I've got a joke for you this week. Cool. I'm excited to hear it. Uh, what did one tectonic plate say to the other one when it ran into them? Uh, I don't know. You cracked me up. No. Sorry. My fault. <laughs> <laughs> That's so good. Yeah, just a little earthquake humor for you. I like it. Yeah. I like it, Dan. Thank you. Oh, I brought a fun fact for this morning. Okay. Well, I don't know why I said morning because it's clearly not morning right now. It's afternoon. Anyway, hey, mm. someone could be listening in the morning. Mm. Did you know, it turns out a major new study recently found out that humans eat more bananas than monkeys. Mm. It's pretty true when you think about it because I can't really remember the last time I ate a monkey. <laughs> <laughs> uh. <laughs> Hi, this is Tim. This is just a heads up that all the advice you're hearing in this podcast is general in nature. If you want something more specific, then feel free to contact us. Drunk accountant, drunk accountant, drunk, drunk, to drunk accountant, drunk accountant, drunk accountant, drunk, drunk, to drunk accountant, drunk accountant, drunk accountant, drunk accountant, drunk accountant, drunk accountant, drunk accountant. Hello and welcome to the podcast. My name is Dan. And I am Tim. I've noticed recently, Tim, that I'm saying things in a way that they could be interpreted as something else. Like, you know, when someone yells out yes, but it could also be no, and they're very, they're very different words. <laughs> How could you yell yes and it also be no? Like, uh, all right, so it might sound like nah. Like, yeah. <laughs> and like, was that nah or yeah? <laughs> That's how you've been yelling things out. No, but even just then when I said hello, it was like, hello. <laughs> hello. I'm mumbling, I guess is what I'm saying. I guess I'm it mumbling. was more... The insinuation was there, though. Mm. I fully understood it. Yeah, that's good. Well, I hope all the listeners out there understood that that meant hello. <laughs> hello, hello, welcome. <laughs> well, it's good to be here this week, Dan. Um, I'm actually heading off to a holiday next week. Mm, you are. So, so, we may do a little pre-recording for next week. Mm. But this will be our last full episode, potentially. Potentially. With me. With on you, the show. with you, uh, for a couple of weeks. Well, maybe forever if things go well. That's right. Yeah. I mean, I'm keen to see how it pans out without me. <laughs> it may be a lot better. Well, we which would save me an hour a week, to be quite frank. We have had um, plenty of times in the past where one of us is away and the other one has had to record. Yes, and it, you know, sometimes it goes well, sometimes it doesn't. <laughs> sometimes. I had technical difficulties and yeah. was calling you on the slopes of Japan. <laughs> that did happen. <laughs> Sometimes I just rambled on by myself for 40 minutes on one episode. <laughs> Spoke to no one. That must have been pretty rough. That's that's going to be hard to do. I just, I don't know. I, I, you know, I, you're away next week and we thought about what's, what's next week's episode going to be. And I didn't even think about the possibility of me doing that again. <laughs> no. It didn't even cross my mind. I don't think... No, it doesn't suit the format. It no. doesn't suit the style. It doesn't suit the of style. Of the two drunk accountants. No, it doesn't. When there's only one dry, exactly. not drunk accountant. <laughs> exactly. And it just goes to show, Dan, what are you without your straight guy? All right? <laughs> I'm your straight guy. I always say that. I, I, I set true. him up. Yeah. You knock them down. Otherwise, it's just half hour of nonsense. <laughs> uh, all right, Tim. What, what is, is the Tim and Dan? How was your week? Very good. I, uh, you may, listeners, you may remember Jay, who came on and told us about holistic health. Yeah, from Liverpool. Ago. Yeah, from Liverpool. He's from Liverpool. He likes the Beatles. Yeah. Well, Jay is now taking me through the ringers of his group classes. Mm -hmm. I'm in the Bulletproof Leader Program. 
yeah. I am also in that program, sort of. You're yet to come to a workout, though. And Although did I've you go to one? Two. I went to the one last night. Did you go last night? Yeah, and I am so sore. Was it good? Yeah, it was good. It was really tough. Well, I went to go to one on Tuesday and then realized yeah. it was 6 a.m. instead of 6 yeah. p.m. Yes. Did yeah. you tell Jay that? I did tell him that. And yeah. when I was saying it, it seemed like a pretty shitty excuse, to be honest. <laughs> well, I could have turned up. There just would have been no one there. <laughs> I would yeah, have been there. Like, oh, we were going to come last night because we thought it was at 5.30 in the afternoon, not the morning. And yeah. he was just like, yeah, yeah, sure. Heard it all. Heard it all before, Tim. <laughs> Heard it all before. Well, all right. Fine, Jay. <laughs> so, 6 a.m. this this Saturday morning, Dan. I'm throwing out the gauntlet. Yeah, we're playing 18 holes of golf after that. Ah, that's fine. I did, I did that last week and then right. did nine holes of golf. Fine. And then got very, very drunk I on will, Saturday night. I will be there. So, we don't have to get that, that, that drunk this no. Saturday night. There was two drunk encounters definitely on the room. Uh, were, in the Woodport area there, on Saturday night. There was probably five or six drunk accountants on the road that <laughs> there night. Were, there, were, there were. Maybe you can speak uh, next week if we get one of our team members on the show. You can uh, recap the fantastic engagement party we mm. went to. Yep. Which was a little bit more of like a, I don't know, 21st celebration. <laughs> it did feel like party. that. It did feel like that. Yeah. yeah. Maybe it had something to do with the fact that it was an engagement party for two 21-year-olds. Yes, it was. Yeah, and there were... Shots, 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 shots. <laughs> oh, which brings me to my first point, Dan. Mm. Tim and Dan Lowe mm-hmm. did, and, and this, is a, this is a question from the listeners too. Mm-hmm. I, this was raised on Saturday night. Okay. When a certain song came on. That one, yeah. So, Nutbush. Yeah. Everyone's quite familiar. Is it a Tina Turner song? I think so, yeah. Tina Turner, Nutbush City Limits. It's a bit of a thing in Australia. I've, I've, I've found out on Saturday night. So, everyone, all the 21-year-olds got up and started doing... You know, I always knew that everyone knew the Nutbush dance. Everyone knew that's, it. Well, that's what I thought. Uh, I just... Yeah, exactly. In my mind, Tim, that song came on, people hit the dance floor, started doing the Nutbush. I'm like, yeah, of course they did. Yeah. We're born with that knowledge. Yeah, it's in our human DNA. That's that's right. I mean, it just yeah. gets passed down from generation to generation. Yeah. And it, that was clearly evidenced on Saturday night. Yeah. But then I found out, that's an Australian thing? Yeah. So, if, if you... And you told me this. In my mind, like, you know the, the mind explosion emoji? <laughs> yeah. That literally happened. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so apparently, like this song is world yeah. famous. Yeah. But apparently, Australia is the only place where we have a routine dance that <laughs> almost everyone knows when the nutbush comes on. Yeah. And it's like a line dance, and you will have literally like thirty people mm. doing the nutbush. Yeah. And it's about four moves that repeat. Yeah. It's easy. In- as. And and you just rotate in a circle. Yep. And rotate. You do it all in unison. And it looks good. To, if, so, if you're listening overseas and, and you're like, like, surely not everyone. No, it's like the Macarena. Like, <laughs> people is. know that dance probably more I, than the Macarena. I would know the dance more than the Macarena. And, 100%. And, and everyone does it, no matter the age. Everyone knows the Nutbush. Everyone knows in it. In Australia. And so, if you're listening overseas, can you tell us? Yeah. Do you know the Nutbush? <laughs> have, you, have you witnessed it? <laughs> Is this the first you're hearing of yeah. the Nutbush? If you're Australian, though, is this the first you've heard that it's only Australian? Yeah, I would be more surprised that you hadn't heard it if you're an Australian. Kind of makes me like it more, though. 
Yeah. Every time I saw the nut bush, I was like, oh, fuck, more nut bush. Just everyone's doing, gonna do the nut bush. Yeah, here we go, the nut bush. Yeah. But no, it's. Uh, but next time Tim, you and I are overseas somewhere, and the nut bush comes on, I'm, we'll be like, I'm gonna do nut the nut bush. I'm <laughs> <laughs> trying to remember the moves. Yeah, so that's my little. Uh, that's, a yes. that's a great one. That's a great one. I love it. Mm-hmm. That's a good one. Yeah. Um, Thank you. All right. Well, why don't we move on to the business update? All right. Because I've got a business Ooh. update. Update. All right. Update me. So last week I spoke about uh, what's happening with. Uh, these tech giants, Facebook, Google, mm. uh, and mm-hmm. what is happening with um, the media in Australia. Mm. And that uh, there's a law that's proposed to be passed that will ensure that media um, companies um, can negotiate mm. with these tech giants yep. for the use of their stuff. Yeah. Uh, now, at the time that we spoke last week, the biggest news that we'd had was that Microsoft, uh, sorry, Google had threatened to mm. pull out of Australia altogether mm. um, for their news content. Uh, and Microsoft had stepped in and said, hey, we've got this thing called Bing. <laughs> yeah. We're ready to go. We think it's a comparative product. Yeah. And we thought that was pretty funny. Yep. Um, but what has happened since then? Mm. Google came to the table. Right. So, I hadn't heard any news about Google. The only yeah. thing I've been hearing about is Facebook. So, Google came to the table first. Right. And essentially said, all right, we've, we've reached an agreement with, um, I think it's like Seven West Media, the Murdoch Media Groups, a couple other ones. Yeah. We, we've, we've come to an agreement. I think it's far less than what was initially kind of suspected, but the law that's being passed actually just requires them to come to an agreement. There's yeah, no nice. stipulation in what it needs to be. That's good. just needs to be an agreement. Yeah, cool. Um, anyway, yeah. they've done it. I think it's in, right. in final stages of awesome. gone through. Awesome. Facebook took a different approach. <laughs> Facebook. Facebook took a very different approach. They're a bit more like right wing. Yeah. They've shown themselves to me. Basically, they said, well, fine then. And completely removed news content from their website. <laughs> they threw a tanty. They threw a tanty. Let's be honest. Now, not only did they remove all content from news outlets, but they accidentally removed them from a lot of essential like non-for-profits. They did. Uh, the Bureau of Meteorology. They did. A uh, couple of other places. Mm. Even even their own content got they erased did. at one they're, point. They're in, their own corporate page. So, um, yeah. So, if, if you're outside of, of the country, what that looked like is, you know, we have a, a national broadcast called ABC. Uh, if you went to ABC's Facebook page, it still was there, but there was just empty. nothing on it. It just mm. says no posts. Yeah. Uh, so, you couldn't post it or share it. Mm. And even if it was an international news website, if we went to that page we couldn't see the content. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, we were actually... We were just um, banned from news. From all news. All news. Mm, that's interesting. So, in a lot of countries around the world, people only use Facebook to get their mm. news, which I always found insane anyway. Yeah. If, if you're... You, if, if, I'm not sure about that. You know, but that is, a lot of places in the world, that's how they get mm. their news. Mm. I just go to their websites. I, you know, I have an app for news and I look at that. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, yeah, just very interesting. Now, mm. I think the latest news is they've reinst- reinstated it. Uh, yep. And they're coming to some agreement. Yeah, the same thing as Google, I guess. They're they're sitting at the table. And but that's pretty poor effort from Facebook. I think so too. I, I definitely think they, they cop some backlash. Mm. I mean, what does it matter? Australia is a drop in the ocean compared mm. to their population of users. So, But we set a precedent, which is why they're doing right. this. And that's right. Th- the funny thing in uh, the government's retaliation was, all right, well, we're going to stop all Facebook ad spend. Yeah, that's actually good. I mean, hey, yeah. I'm all for that, yeah. actually. 
actually, as a user of Facebook, I enjoyed only being able to see the posts of friends, not mm. just random news things that were being, I didn't realize were being pushed towards me the, by the, Facebook. The problem with it is though, is that like what you know, misinformation, fake news mm. can now, or while in the absence of real news, mm. spread as if it was r- real news. Yeah, but that's for people who won't just go look at an actual. But there's a lot of people that source. do that. Yeah, yeah. There is, you know, it's a poor state of affairs, but there's a lot of people that <sighs> God, do that. It's a worry. And you know, Australia isn't that bad at that, I don't think. But somewhere, imagine if this happened in like the US, it mm. would be very bad. Yeah. Um. But anyway. Fascinating. Yeah, it's it's interesting. I guess it's good that they've they've done something. So good on the government for that. Good on the government for that. Mm, now just make and t- pay some taxes. <laughs> good luck with that. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, we're, we're under- pulling our service <laughs> from all countries except the Bahamas. <laughs> uh, funny. All right. Well, uh, Tim, do you have a tight ass tip? I, I do, I do. Uh, this is a time ass slash tight ass tip. This so. relates to our topic today, which is all around saving time. You're right, you're right, Dan. That is, that is quite on point. So, mm. so if you want to save some time, if you're a busy person, Dan, mm. um, and you're also, conversely, save a little bit of money here too, mm. you could eat less food mm. and work out less. Mm. Yeah, so... This is a real thing. So... What, what you know? What what happens is you know you eat calories and yep. you burn calories, and if yep. you eat more calories, you need to burn more calories. Otherwise, you'll get fat. It turns to fat. Yeah. So Tim is saying, eat less. You actually don't have to work out if you eat less. You may have to put up with being a bit hungry. Yeah. And and that, as I learned on Saturday at the Men's Health Forum, mm. then as part of Bulletproof Leader, mm. is a very natural feeling. Mm. If you think about it, go back. You know, to cavemen, mm. being hungry mm. would be a very natural phenomenon. That's mm. why we're geared towards just wanting to go to the fridge all the time and mm. grab food. It's our natural instinct. So, I have a few problems so fight, with fight, this advice, Tim. Fight that feeling of mm. hunger. Have a glass of water. You may not have to do a workout that day. Yeah. Yes, you might not be ripped. You might not be extremely muscular. Not only that, but you'll be like tired because you don't moving. Oh, unless you could eat. Like low cal- low caloric foods, uh, like vegetables and salads. Working out has also proven to increase your brain's activity and ability. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah, blood there flow a, to the brain can regenerate your brain cells. Uh, light weights have been proven to reduce the risk of uh, dementia, um, and being overweight also kills you. Yeah, but I'm so saying if you eat less food, yeah, then you could do a twenty minute walk per day. So that's and fine. potentially be yeah. an extremely healthy person. You could be like in all the green spots mm. for like say BMI, mm. for weight, for like fat percentage, all that kind of stuff. So I get what you're saying now. Yeah, it's not eat less, n- eat less, never work out. No, it's it's like eat if, an amount that you have to do just a minimal amount of exercise. For example, if you yeah, if you could only do if you can only fit in a half an hour workout. Mm. Um, three times a week, mm. and that's not doing anything for you. Mm. Consider maybe eating a bit less. It's sort of like mm. find a little bit from the left-hand column, which is food, mm. and a little bit from the right-hand column, which is exercise. Mm. So you could work out for three hours a day, but it's not very sustainable. It's a big use of time, and it means you're probably eating too much too. So save some money, eat less food, spend mm. less time exercising. Yeah, disagree with everything you said. <laughs> <laughs> 
I'm going to eat more and make up for it in the gym. That's, my, hey, that's the Dan method. If that's the way you want to do it, then yeah. go for it. Yeah. But uh, for me, I'm realizing efficiency mm. is king. And as we're about to speak, Dan, reclaiming your time. Yeah. We waste a lot of time with things we don't realize. And eating too much can be a waste of time. It, eating too to much is not good anyway. I... Yeah, I think my main issue with it is not the um, the logic around it. It's more that I enjoy the workout process. Mm. And if I That's worked great, out though. too much without eating enough, then You'll it's be, equally you as bad. you have a six-pack? No. no well, that, yeah. I agree that is a bad thing. No, no I wouldn't a have six a six-pack. Pack. I'd just be tired because <laughs> I don't have any energy. There's probably foods, yeah. Dan, that you can eat that will make you not feel tired. They're just not as enticing as it's a not, cheeseburger. It's not the food that's making me tired. It's the lack of food that's making me tired if I'm working out too much is what yeah. I'm saying. But then you could you could afford to eat a little more. That's what you, I'm you saying. You just got to yeah, add yeah. up your calories. Yeah. 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 So, what do you think I eat every day? Do you think I'm smashing uh, a cheeseburger every day? Wait, I can see some peanut butter up there on the desk. I had uh, a peanut butter on toast, yeah. That's all I've uh, eaten I today. I saw you eating a lot of peanut butter on crumpets the other day, Dan. That's all I've eaten. Peanut butter on crumpets. For lunch? That's not toast, Dan. That's toast. cake. That may as well be cake. Yeah. I didn't have a crumpet today. I had toast today. <laughs> <laughs> but I haven't had lunch. All I had was breakfast. Uh, what have you That is today? definitely your comfort food though. Because yeah. you were tired. Mm. You ate lots of crumpets and peanut butter. Yeah. That is my... And, and I will admit, I'm not smashing cheeseburgers. <laughs> no, I wasn't but, saying you were. But... Although I'll probably get some aporto tonight. Yeah. Or, you know, netball. It's a celebration. Yeah, it it's, it depends yeah. if we win. We better win. Yeah. <laughs> we better win. Uh I, I, I do, if I have a vice, it's not alcohol, it's definitely mm. not drugs, mm. it's not mm. smoking, mm-hmm. it's food. Well, I think the human race can agree with you there, Dan, so mm. yeah, we all have that vice. No, not just like eat to live, but I mean like <laughs> I'll, sm- <laughs> no, but I'll I'll eat badly sometimes right, for comfort. Right, right, right. Yeah, Some people drink there. for comfort. Yeah. I, I don't do that. Yeah. I eat for comfort. You eat for comfort. Yes. You eat for comfort. We haven't, you haven't drunk for comfort yet. Maybe at some point you will. Never. <laughs> Maybe next week after your podcast recording with Cy Jingleton. <laughs> God, I'm not getting, I'm not getting Cy on. <laughs> Maybe. We'll see how we go. All right. Let's move on to our main topic. Cool. That was super loud. Way too loud. Apologies, listeners. <laughs> it didn't hurt my ears that mm. much. Uh, no, I can't hear anything now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so today's topic is all around what we just spoke about. It's about saving time. There's a lot of people in mm. small business who their main problem is I just don't have enough time. Yeah. So I've, we I've thought felt that way. Yeah, and I've definitely I feel that way a little bit this week. Yeah. Yeah. Reclaiming time. Reclaiming time. Because that's what it is, right? I mean, we have our life and we mm-hmm. know there's 24 hours in a day. Mm-hmm. We know there's probably 16 waking hours. Mhm. And when you start looking at the numbers, it gets a little bit depressing if you're busy because you just, the hours just drop away. Do you know what I wish? And I've, I've often wished this. Okay. Yep. Um, out loud to whoever okay. listened. Okay. <laughs> right, right. Is, you know, you, you got your, the whole work hour thing is meant to be eight hours work, mm. eight hours play, eight hours sleep. Okay, right. The eight hours play section mm. is not very efficient. It doesn't because work it, out that way. Does it's it? usually made up of like, an hour of travel, mm, um, maybe... A bit, bit too much exercise because you had too many crumpets. An hour of exercise and then it might be like <laughs> an hour of cooking and eating and then you yeah. watch TV for an hour and then mm. you have a shower and then 
you know, you organize a few life admin mm. things. And before you know it, you've got that one hour of TV is all and exercise is all you did. It's very true. So I do find if there's any way to mm. uh, improve the transition between mm. each of those three sections of your life. Yeah. So I always often wish, I wish I could just instantly teleport. <laughs> if I could just be at work and go home. Yeah. So you mean just work from home? Yeah. So yeah. I'm doing today. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what's the, that is a really good example, Dan. And actually, COVID was something that made us realize mm. we'd been saying for like over a year, we're going to start working from home one day a week. We knew we had the capability with our systems. We knew we could trust our team at work. Yep. And we knew that by working from home one day a week, it could really change the way we work. It could mm -hmm. change our outlook. We could notice disruptions that we have at work. Mm -hmm. So, <sighs> there's definitely smarter ways to work. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I think you just get caught in a rut. Yeah. And, and so, what you do is you end up sort of complaining to people, whether that be your accountant or your friends or your family. Mm. All the above. Like, and you just say, use that B word, which is a swear word. Mm. We shouldn't use it. But we use the B word, the busy word. Mm. And make excuses for not taking control of our own destiny. Yeah, that's right. It really is that. It's an excuse. Because and if you're busy, you can you can change things. Yeah. And and how often if you're speaking to a mate that owns a business or other people that you're in business with, um, and you say, How are you going? Great, I'm busy. Or or oh, you say all the time. Um, oh, what do you want more from your business? Oh, I just want want more time. People often want more time than they want more money. Definitely. Sometimes those two things are in conflict with each other. <laughs> yes, they can be. Yes, they can be. Um, our attitude has always been, how do we use our time efficiently to get the best output of money? Really, that's, yeah. that's really what we're looking at. Not trying to be a BRW top 200 rich list. No. At all. No, definitely not. Wanting lifestyle mm. and enough money. Yeah, exactly. To live the lifestyle we want to live. Exactly. So, we've got some tools and things that we can work through to say, all right, where am I wasting time? How can I save time? Yeah. Um, because there are lots of, you know, and saving time might not always mean that you then have nothing to do in that time. It yeah. might mean that you replace what you're doing with something more effective. It's definitely a journey. I've yeah. found that because Dan and I, for example, mm. were spending all of our time mm. doing work 12 months ago. Yeah. We were the big doers mm. in the business. The big doers. The big doers. And we have transitioned that. And I still feel busy. Yeah. I, I don't feel, feel any less different. busy. No. It's just different things now. Yeah. So, now it's trying to figure out, right, well, how do yeah. we make those things more efficient? So, I feel like this process that we're, we're going to discuss mm. is something you just need to constantly do. Yeah. You need to constantly review, mm. how am I using my time? Is it satisfying my needs? Is it satisfying my business's needs? Yep. Could I change things around? Yeah, that's right. So, there's something I want to go through first, um, which a lot of business owners face. And it's something, a model that I often go through with people when I'm doing a planning day with them. Mm. And it's called the ceiling of complexity. And I think we've spoken nice. about it on the podcast before. Yep. Shout out to The Gap for some of the models we're going to talk about today, by the way. Yes. Um, so, this ceiling of complexity, essentially it is every business will reach a point where if you've got a graph and you've got effort, and you've got reward on mm. the two X, X and Y axes. 
Um, and the more effort you put in starts to get less of a reward yeah. or even a negative reward. <laughs> yeah. Yes. And so that could yep. mean that you're putting in more time and money and effort and resources, but mm-hmm. you're actually starting to get less for that. We all assume that effort, more effort equals more reward. Yeah. Basically. Exactly. But perhaps that's not the case. No. Definitely yeah. not. Definitely not. So what you've hit there is a ceiling. You've, yep. re- you've hit a spot where for whatever reason, mm. you're putting in more effort without getting more Any reward. More reward. Yeah. And that could be a number of things. It could be your systems aren't just efficient enough to cope with the work that's coming in. Mm. Um, mm. You've got admin or IT or tech things you need to invest mm. in. You yep. need that second piece of machinery yep. in your factory. Yep. Um, something has happened where you're putting in more time. Usually it's more time, for, especially if you're in a service industry and you're not getting that additional reward back. Yeah. Uh, it could be that you're getting a little bit more money, but you're spending heaps more time and that's not good. So, sure. so there are a number of things you need to be doing it at this point. And it could even be a pricing thing. I mean, could you be might be charging thing. a fixed hourly rate. Yeah. And as you know, I mean... The more you earn, the more tax you pay. Mm. So, at a certain point, you're definitely going to feel, if you're that person mm. working 70 hours a week, mm. charging 70 hours a week, you're getting less in the 70th hour than you do in the first. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. No, that's true. Yeah. So, that's a, that's a good point. So, what we're kind of going, and the reason I bring this up is a lot of the things that happen here are just an inefficient use of your time. And that is some place that you can look to break through that ceiling yeah. to get more out of your effort to get that better reward. So, how do we, what are some of the ways that we can figure out where time is being wasted? Cool. So, uh, there's another model that we go through, that which, which we got from the gap, which we'll talk through today. And it's essentially looking at four quadrants of where your time is. Mm. And they're four categories. You've got, um, similar to the graph I just spoke about, but you've got, you know, running down the, the Y column, you have, is it important or is it not important? Mm. Two halves. And then running along the top, you're going to have urgent and not urgent. Mm. And what that comes to is four boxes where you have things that are important and urgent. Mm-hmm. You've got things are important and not urgent. Mm-hmm. And then you've got not important, urgent, not important, not urgent. Yeah. And basically, this is just a really good mind frame mm. to be able to categorize the things that you're actually doing. So, first of all, then, I guess you need this framework, mm. you need the quadrant. And then you need to come up with a list of what you what you're doing, yeah, on a day to day basis, yeah. Which you know you could just like something that we do that all accountants probably do um, is do a timesheet, yeah. So you could just as the day progresses in your phone jot down eight to ten a.m. Sorted my emails, mm. ten to one meetings, mm-hmm. one to four um, administration and paperwork. Yeah, and so this is something that I've actually started to do because as Tim was talking about it, a year ago, we were doing the doing work. Mm. And so my weeks were filled up with client hours, mm. you know, a lot of work charged directly to a client. Mm. These days, it's a fair bit less of that, but a lot more um, product development and admin and marketing and, and a lot more other things. Managing the team. Managing the team. Yeah. And I've started to find, as Tim just mentioned before, I don't feel any less busy, mm. um, but I'm not entirely sure... Where the time As a percentage, going. what everything makes up of my time. So, yeah. recently, if I remember to do it, I started putting in my admin time yeah. just to figure out what am I actually doing in what the day. What am I spending time on? Yeah, good um, call. 
yeah, and, and something that came out of that, I realized I was spending way too much time on my emails. Yeah, right. So, yeah. we've got an efficient new email process. We went back to the drawing board. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So, just tracking it is a very good first step. <laughs> yeah. And so, I think if we work through these quadrants, everyone will be able to, and we'll, we'll come up with some examples from our day-to-day that fit into that, but everyone will be able to come up with some things mm. when we're going through these quadrants that they have yep. that they could potentially think about changing mm-hmm. because the whole idea of um, um, the Achiever Matrix, um, which was by Stephen Covey, was to basically think about the tasks that are time wasters versus yeah. the tasks where you're, you're hitting the efficiency mark, where, you, where, you, where you're doing your best work. Basically, yep. the, the area where you should be living on tasks. Yeah. And, and it, it's also an indication of, you know, how much time you're spending on things too late. Yeah. So, a good example of this, and this is how I always explain it, because it's somehow it's always e- easier for people to understand a product than it is a service mm, in terms yeah. of a process. But if I spend more time doing quality checks, I'm going to spend much less time having to worry about warranties and returns and true. recall of products and true. all of that other problem that happens later. Very true. So, if I spend more time preventing problems mm. and coming up with solutions, then mm. I'm going to spend much less time overall than I would have been having to solve it once it becomes a problem. So, that's true. So, that's a, a good way to think of the urgent, not urgent. Yeah, because time is about energy and and I think being smooth and in order. So, yeah. if things are in order and you can maintain a, a high level of energy... Mm. Um, by not having major urgent things that pop mm. up, yep. then you're going to have a lot more efficiency with what you're yep. doing. So, let's go through these four quadrants then and you can think about the kind of tasks you're putting in them. So, as Tim said, yeah, this was a, a Stephen Covey thing. He mm. does the, um, what's his book again? The, uh, mm. the Habits. Uh, seven Habits of successful, yes. Highly Successful People. That's him. Yes. That's him. So, quadrant number one. Mm. is what they call the quadrant of urgency. And that's Mm. when things are important, so they need to be done, and they're very urgent. They need to be done. Now, what tends to fall into this? Things that feel like they're a crisis Mm. or a very pressing deadline or a problem. Um, When you have a deadline-driven project or um, Mm, things like that, that that have fallen into this category need to be done today, right now. So, for a lot of people, this could be a customer call. Yep. Um, something's gone wrong. I need help. Yep. And it's important because it's a customer inquiry mm-hmm. um, and it's urgent because they want help. Yep. Straight away. Mm-hmm. Now, this can be an issue, uh, say, in our day-to-day world yep. because there's a certain order in the way we do things and there's... Mm-hmm. I suppose we're better if we're being consistent with work rather yep. than pushing everything aside, picking something new up yep. that needs to be an all of a sudden priority. It's sort of like a mechanics workshop, I guess. You would have four cars up on hoists <laughs> yep, and then someone rolls in with a, a car wreck and yep. they're like, I need this fixed today. Yeah. And then you have to like take all you guys off tools, mm. take the cars off the hoists yeah. and work on that one car. Yeah. Gonna, Obviously, that's not going to be efficient. I'm going to call this the Vin Diesel analogy. <laughs> you know, Vin rolls in, he says, Dollar about the family. Yo, yo. Hey, hey yo. I sound like Yo, okay. yo, me a 10 Rocky. second car. <laughs> hey, yo, Adrian. Yeah, he's used too much, not. he needs the NOS. Yeah. 
But that's urgent. He's been racing for pink slips. He's racing for pinks. He's got a race on tonight. That needs to be done right now. <laughs> However, this is sort of a waste of time. It is. Because if these things were prevented in some mm. way or mm. if the work that you knew was coming up to be deadline mm. was done earlier, you wouldn't have to push everything else out of the way to get this done. Well, I guess think about the mechanic there. So, yeah. now they're going to have four jobs halfway through Yep. that they're only going to be charged out days or a week later. Yep. Um, they're going to be late. The client isn't going to yep. be as happy. And with the Vin Diesel situation, you'll work on his car and, you know, he'll pay his fair rate, but mm. you may be disrupting the overall flow of everyone's job. Yep. And so, you're really doing yourself a disservice there. Yourself and that's really what this thing's about, the mm. time thing. It's like, what disservices are you doing to yourself yep. in your week that just mean you're just a slave to yep. your schedule? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. What do you have to say no to or change? And one of those could be urgent Urgent things. So, so, what are some solutions to that quadrant? Well, the solution to that quadrant is to try and spend more time mm. in the next quadrant. So, like you were saying before, sort of being preemptive. Exactly. So, the next quadrant along are things that are important but not urgent. Mm. And that is prepping things. Nice. Yeah, preemptive. So, yeah. as I was talking about, do more quality control. Yeah. If in that same example we were talking about... Um, if we had a scheduled phone call with that client mm. a week earlier yep. that we could call them and just say, hey, just checking in, things are okay. Sure. And sometimes things will be urgent. You can't avoid all of these things. Mm. But um, if, if there is a way to reduce the likelihood that yep. that must do now right in this second thing yep. happens, then that is much more worth your time. Funnily enough, I think a lot of that is around setting expectations. Yeah. And I think this is where... I've definitely gone wrong in the past. You set yourself a target with a client or a customer or even a friend, mm. family member, like, yeah, I'll see you at this time or mm. let's do this then. Um, and potentially, you're, you're writing a check that your ass can't cash. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so, uh, that's a limp biscuit. Mm. Uh, analogy there yeah so so yeah i mean if you if you're constantly setting these expectations you can't reach mm. you'll just never catch up you're yeah. always going to be living in important and urgent yeah because it's become urgent mm. you've set an expectation that's urgent yeah whereas if you could have a conversation with whoever it may be the client mm. family member and say hey so so just want to understand where you're coming from with this mm. when were you hoping to have this done by yep and um, for your Vin Diesel types, that's not going to happen. But no. if Vin Diesel's just arrived and you could then call one of the other car owners, you're like, mm. look, something crazy's just popped up. When were you hoping to have your job finished by? And they're like, oh, it doesn't bother me. Mm. As long as you fix the car and it's good quality work, yeah, I could get it in two weeks. I don't care. Um, that's then going to allow you to work in that more smooth, consistent fashion again. Yeah, planning. So if and, and that's exactly right. If if you don't ask those expectations, if you don't set that up with clients, then what happens is that every job is urgent. Mm. Every job needs to be done right now, this second, get it out. And what happens is things fall off. The yeah. ones that are actually urgent miss out because everything True. seems the same urgency. Whereas yep. you could have had ten happy clients, now mm. you might only have four. That's right. Because six of them 
you know, actually needed it done this week mm. and the other ones could have waited. And something I've learned is where if you're not giving things due consideration, mm. they could have been a much bigger win for you, for your customer mm. and a much bigger win for your business yeah. as well. If you could actually sit down and give it proper thought and consideration mm. yeah. by, by not being in the urgent sector. Yeah. So, the, this is a very specific example of your everyday life, but let's, let's pull back on a yeah. broader perspective of your business. Mm, mm. All right. I'm doing a cash flow forecast. I'm mm. in the important, not urgent category. Sure. And I figure out in four months' time, I'm, I'm about to go in the negative cash balance. I don't have an overdraft. I don't have the facilities to cover that. Yep. I'm not going to be able to pay wages that month. That's a worry. So, that That's is something important. that I can now work on yeah. over the next couple of months to ensure mm. that I can move my cash flow around. Do it before it becomes urgent. If I didn't do that, if mm. I didn't spend time planning in the not urgent but important category, yeah. that problem now becomes urgent important. Yeah. And when I get to it, I might not have a solution. Yeah. I then have to push everything else aside to find a solution. Yeah. And other things become a problem. Okay. So, if you're listening right now, this is the way we want you to have a think about this. Mm. So, in your business or your work life or your personal life, do you feel like you're constantly putting out fires? Mm. A fire is something that's important and urgent. Yeah. Oh, perfect. Perfect. So, if you just think of the last fire you put out. Mm. What was it? Why did you have to put it out? Where did it come from? Mm. How could you have avoided it becoming a fire? Yep. Awesome. Um. Those are the types of things that is going to move that pressing, urgent, important matter mm. into the not urgent, important. Yeah, that's right. Segment. So exactly right. So this is all. So far, we've all been in the important category, and so these are things that need to be done. Absolutely need to be done. It's just a matter of when you do them, yep. and and how effectively you plan for those things, and how much you're thinking ahead. Yep. So the next two boxes are really where most of your time is wasted. And, and this is where you're in the not important category. Now, yeah. a lot of the things we just mentioned, a lot of the fires that we've said are in urgent, important, might actually be in urgent, not important. And these <laughs> they just things seem, that, they seem important. Yeah, and this is the quadrant of deception. Mm. Essentially, these are things that feel like they need to be done right now, but in reality could have been put off. So, yeah. um, interruptions, mm. phone calls, um, so just like yeah, just emails, some reporting that yeah. doesn't really matter. Yeah. Um, meetings that you're having that are just inefficient and yeah. seem like you're doing stuff, but you're not actually really doing anything. Seems like it's important. Yeah. But actually, you could be wasting time. Exactly. And that's a change we've made recently. I mean, yeah. we have a weekly jobs meeting. It was going way too long mm -hmm. and sapping everyone's energy. Yep. And we did it at the beginning of the day. We, so, we were so efficient this week, Tim, that you didn't even need to be there. I wasn't even there. <laughs> I was going to suggest we should take turns running the jobs meeting. Not a bad then idea. We could it went for like 25 minutes. Amazing. Yeah. So, so that's, that's awesome. Um, I mean, it is something that is, I guess, deceiving. Mm. You do kind of think, it is yeah, deceiving. we've got to do this yeah. thing. And a lot of those client emails are deceiving as well because oh, yeah. you could get back to that client very quickly and just mm. say, hey received your email mm. i'll get back to you in this day on this yeah. day yeah and more often than not the client will be like, great they're handling it awesome i'll get but i'm someone's going to get in touch oh. and they've given me an expectation of when mm. to do it yeah they'd just be like great it's out of my head yeah. and off my table 
And it's onto theirs. Yeah. And then you don't need to spend all that time urgently pushing everything else aside to get this done mm. because it's not actually important. Definitely. Yeah. So, my suggestion here would be to really come up, once you've come up with a list of what you're doing, ask yourself, mm. does this actually need to be done? Yeah. That's and, really and if good it one. does, does it need to be done now? So, some of the things you may have put down as fires in the important urgent sector mm. actually are not important. Correct. And could be um, a deceiving in the quadrant of deception. Yep. So, then you could actually go, okay, well, these aren't as important as and stressful mm. as they have been appearing to me. Yeah. We just need to be a bit more organized with them yep. and just let them know when we're going to act on these. Exactly. Then it's not urgent. Yep. We don't have to drop everything. That's right. And we're putting out less fires. Yep. So, the urgent ones oh, are more things that actually need to be done right now and then they do distract you from your work. Yeah. The way to prevent that is to plan ahead, be mm. preemptive with these things, um, come up with solutions well in advance of them becoming urgent, getting work done, planning the schedules. Mm. The deception quadrant is really just about figuring out what you don't actually need to be doing or yeah. what someone else thinks is important but a way to communicate to them that actually this isn't mm. important. I don't need to do this now. Yeah. It can happen some other time. I think like some things, some examples of things I've seen there mm. are um, uh, I've heard of a lot of CEOs that have an auto response mm. on their email all the time. Mm -hmm. And it says, hello, thanks for your email. Just so you know, I don't live in my inbox. Mm. So, if this needs to be actioned, if this is, keyword, mm. important, mm. call me mm. and then we will act on it urgently. Otherwise, I will get to it in due course yeah. and, and you'll hear from me then. Mm. So, it's kind of like prefacing um, someone's communication with you. It's getting back to them instantly mm. and saying, look, I won't read this maybe even for a day. Yeah. But and if it's urgent, you have a chance. Mm. You, if it's really important to you, you have a chance to call me and we can talk about it. And so, this, I think that is a really good way to shift things from the quadrant of deception to the quadrant of of waste mm. because you will find people that then you can identify as time wasters because if yeah. they then pick up the phone mm. call you and say hey I got your email this is important this is important um, and it's not and they do that every day and they do that every day then you've identified someone yeah. or something that is a time waster yes and this is the quadrant of waste these are things that aren't urgent mm. and aren't important yeah. and if you spend time on them mm. you're just wasting time so that's an interesting way to put it Dan because so if it's important in the eyes of the person you're dealing with mm. but not in your eyes important mm. for some reason and that's mm. not to say you don't value it as much as they do but mm. just from your experience and knowledge it's mm. less important yeah um, and you can't communicate that or they just won't pick up on that because mm. maybe they're a bit of a stress head. Mm. You're right. Maybe maybe you are doing yourself a disservice by dealing with someone like that. Yeah. You could actually be lo losing so much momentum, mm. consistency and um, energy mm. by constantly dealing with that. Yeah. And I guarantee... Which makes you feel, in inverted commas, yeah. busy. Yeah, exactly. And, and I guarantee that every person here that has listening that has a business, I know there's a lot of accountants out there. Mm -hmm. When we just said that, someone came to your mind. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
For sure. You know who this is. Or you know what work it is. Or you know what employee this is. Or you know what customer or product or whatever it is. Group, marketing, peer group you're in. You know what this time waster is. Um, so, now is the time to identify where you're wasting these times. So, these are things that you feel like you're getting stuff done, but it's just, you know, emails that actually don't ever need to be responded to. Um, people calling and wasting your time. Escape activities. Are you just loftily spending time doing something that Facebook. really... Yeah. Are you on Facebook? Instagram. Yeah. Um, are, you do, are, are you doing busy work? Are you just kind of walking around tidying things up? Yeah. Are you just putting off work that is currently in mm. important and not urgent yeah. that will soon be yeah. important and urgent. Yeah. So, if, just think about it this way. If you got rid of everything in waste and moved your time to the quadrant of quality, which is the important, not urgent, mm. that'll stop you spending any time or much less time in the urgency quadrant, mm. um, which is fantastic. That's awesome. It's, it's great. Mm. And everyone would have time that's, that's waste. Mm. Uh, sometimes it can't be avoided, mm. which if it can't be avoided means it's important. Exactly. So, it's in the wrong quadrant. Yeah. But, but if it can be avoided and it's not important, then I, and, and you're telling everyone you're too busy, you may be even too busy to go out and bring more work on, mm. um, then, then you, you're losing. You're losing something. You're yeah. losing quality of life. You're losing time. You're losing peace of mind. Mm. You may even be losing money. You, you could be, and this is just an example in my mind I just come up with. Let's say you're part of a networking group or something mm -hmm. and you don't get any clients out of it. You get no referrals out of it. You get nothing out of it, but mm. it's taking up a lot of your time. Mm. That is waste. That is waste. That is that waste. That is waste. You have to be honest. Because it feels like you're doing stuff. I have to mm. do this. It is for work. Yeah. But yeah. it is waste. It's just because you enjoy... Perhaps it's because you enjoy doing it. Yeah. But then if you're finding you're too busy and there's, there's things slipping, mm. then you need to be realistic. Exactly. And if that's the area you want to be, if you want to do more of that, mm. then, then either you, it needs to generate better results mm. or find something that will, yep. that fulfills that, that feeling for you mm. of the networking. Or uh, or hire someone to do the work that you're not doing, yeah, that's so, slipping, so, so that you can spend all your time doing that. So, that's what I was just about to say, just quickly, some quick ways to shift things amongst the quadrants. One, effective delegation. Yep. Easy. Don't need to say more than that. Just put not important work to someone who it could be important for or mm. shift not important work, but sorry, important but not urgent work. Mm. Um and plan it amongst the team so it's not suddenly everything's urgent for you. Well, actually, we could talk a lot more about that, Dan. And we will in a future episode. That's a future Effective episode. Effective delegation. That's a yeah. massive one. Exactly. That's a massive one. And all, we, I've done it wrong. I see it go wrong all the time. Yeah. You don't delegate properly. Yeah. It's not handled the way you would like it to be yep. handled. Yeah. So, the other things you can do is just remove the waste. Stop doing the things that are wasteful. Um, Definitely. Set expectations with clients. Invest in some new IT and automation that can help you yep. save some of that time that is wasted Manual or tasks. that is deception Yeah, um, to give you more time to work in the quadrant of quality. For sure. And some of that's even just about, um, yes, it might only take you five minutes a day, but it's preserving your brain power mm. so that you, you don't have to be using energy to do something that anything could do, a robot yeah. or a monkey. Or even just like reading an email 
takes a couple seconds. Mm. But then if you try and refocus onto another job and that was an annoying email, mm. you spend the rest of the day <laughs> thinking about it. Definitely. And it's distracting. Definitely. And so this, I guess, comes back to um, knowing where you're spending your time and then you can start to try and put things into these quadrants and figure out what your habits are. Yeah. What are your habits? What are things that you're doing like that that are, mm. without knowing it, are ruining your day mm-hmm. and making you just feel really shit about the way things are going? Yeah. Because you're just always busy and constantly under pressure mm-hmm. and you feel like you've never got room to breathe. Yep. That's right. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> are we perfect at this? No. No. Absolutely not. We have to reassess it all the time. I literally yeah. am reassessing it this week because I've identified problems mm. and we're making solutions for them. I think just constant improvement. Yeah. And then teach your team these methods as well. If you have yeah. a team of people, if they can be smarter with their time, it's going to help you be smarter with your time because they're going to take on more of your work. Absolutely. So, it's just a constant cycle of just review your time, the way you're spending it. Is it the most efficient way? Is it the most valuable way? Yep. Could you build better habits to be more consistent, have less interruptions, have less waste, mm-hmm. be more pre- preemptive with things, set better expectations? Yep. All solutions. Speaking of time, Dan, time is of the essence yep. with this episode. That's why I'm moving on quick, Tim. Do, I like it. Do you have another thing quickly? Uh, yes, I have another thing, Dan. Mm. I, speaking of time, mm. have uh, the, at the Men's Health Forum on Saturday, I learned that screen time is very bad for your sleep, especially it, your deep sleep. It is very bad for your sleep, And Tim. you know why? It's why? because it stimulates your brain. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you, you feel tired when you mm. watch TV. It's because at any given moment, I think it's like there's 100 stimulants mm. per hour or something mm. like that for your brain. Mm. Um, maybe that's per minute. Anyway, mm. um, when you're watching TV, it's 200. So, it's like double the stimulation mm. of just being alive. Yeah. Uh, and so, your brain is a little bit stressed. Yeah. Just by watching TV. So, what I've done is I'm not watching TV at night anymore which is a massive change for me. So, what do you do when (laughs) you get home and you go, like, you make dinner? Yeah. What happens between 7 and So, I've been doing a few things. I've planned some activities. Mm. So, I went, um, did some putting practice. Mm. I did the Bulletproof Leader workout. I didn't get home until 7.30 after that. Tonight, I've got netball. Mm. So, so this is the thing because so Kat and I have spoken about this because yeah. we've been talking about doing this and yeah. I, and I was saying to her, there's lots of things we could be doing. There's so much more. We don't spend that much time watching TV, but it, it might be if if we make dinner by seven. Let's say we're home from the gym by six thirty. We make dinner at seven. We might watch TV from seven to eight thirty. Yeah, for us, it, yeah, go have Jade showers. Might, might even be nine thirty. For Jade and I, it might be like an hour and a half. To- an hour and a half of TV a night, which is actually so much time. Yeah. It's so much time. And that's what I've realized now. It's only been, mm. this is the fourth day. Mm. And it I, has I put been, an effort into reading before I went to bed. I was like, right, I'm going to try and get yeah. to bed half hour early and read for half hour yes. because that's going to stop the stimulation in my brain a bit and help me relax. Yeah. Um, yeah. I haven't been very good at that in the past two weeks. Yeah. So, that is the other thing yeah. that you find. You just go to bed earlier mm. because you're like, you've played cards or whatever. Jade and I played cards last night. Mm. Um, you go to bed earlier 
Mm. And so you're like, oh, well, I'll read. Mm. I'll read this book. And then you inevitably fall asleep earlier, mm. which means you have a better sleep. I'm going to do this. Which means you get up more energized. Mm. You just get more done. It's ridiculous. See, right now I've got... Um, Two shows that come out weekly that yeah, I like to watch. So that's that's that's. But that's only that's only two hours a week. Yeah, that's right. That's very. The that's other very night, true. I could just have some nights and some not. Or just what I want to do is just limit it to the weekend. Mm. So, like a Saturday afternoon or a Friday night, mm. you know, guilty pleasure sort of thing. Yeah, maybe even like Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, no TV. No TV. And so, like, one of the things, if, if I'm feeling like it's not going to work, I'm going to start unplugging the TV and putting the remotes, like, hiding them, basically. <laughs> but so far, it's been good. I've been very strong. So, my other things are not going to be about TV anymore yeah. or movies. But I did watch a good movie. <laughs> That's a long preamble into that. <laughs> Speaking of time-wasting. It's, uh, it's called Greenland. It's got... Um, oh, what? yeah. It's got... Um, I need another show you about. Yeah, the Welsh dude. It's got... Um, Welsh? No, no. Scottish? 300 guy. Yeah. Uh, I am Sparta. Yeah, that this guy. This is Sparta. That's him. Yeah. It's got him. And mm. uh, it's actually really good. Mm. It's, good. it's got Jay and I into watching. We started watching a few movies of like end of world movies. So, we watched Deep Impact as I like well. Deep Impact. Morgan Freeman. Yeah. Jodie Foster. No, and no. Jodie Foster. Um, very similar premise. Look alike. Very, it, yeah. She's he's like Jodie Foster. Yeah. <laughs> very similar premise to... Um, uh, Armageddon to Greenland well, ah. Armageddon. yeah well it's, it's a comet yeah it's a, it's a world ending comet mm. so I recommend watching it it's on Amazon Prime I really enjoyed it it didn't get that good ratings on Rotten Tomato but uh, I try not to look at the reviews anymore it's a, I've made a conscious decision not to lately and just enjoy what it is I'm watching for what it is mm. on the flip side I watched a movie that had like a near perfect Rotten Tomatoes rating worst movie I've ever seen what was that Snowpiercer. I've been watching... Oh, so I've been watching the TV show yeah, Snowpiercer. I know. I didn't realize there was a TV show until after. Yeah. And it's the same thing, yeah. except there was a movie yeah. with Captain America in it. Yeah. It was made like five years ago or something, like a, and wa- it is a little while ago. Like... Rubbish? You're just tripping the whole time. You're like, this is so weird. Yeah. It's just so weird. Have you seen the TV show? No, not yet. So, not weird at all. It's 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 serious. Very straightforward. Yeah. Um, like the train goes. But um, yeah, 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 yeah. but that's one of the shows I'm watching weekly. There you go. All right. Well, is, yeah. is that your other thing or? Is it- uh, yeah, that'll be my other thing this week. Snowpiercer. Right. Snowpiercer. Yeah. So it's pretty pretty good. The TV show. I'm enjoying it. It's halfway through season two. So we're just watching okay. one episode a week. Are they like working their way up the train or anything? Uh, or? I don't want to give you spoilers. Yeah. But yes. Yeah, well, I've watched the movie, so I mean, like... Okay, I don't know what happens in the movie. Let's just spoil it. (laughs) Spoilers. If you're watching Snowpiercer, (laughs) tune out now. Um, So, the first season is all about the tail taking over the train. Yeah, cool. They do that. Cool, okay. Fairly quickly. Oh, wow. Um, The dude... that's what happens in the movie. Yeah, the dude becomes the head of the train. They strike an agreement. But then, right at the very end, I don't know, is Wilfred the guy? Yeah. Is is does, is he real in the in the? He is. He's alive. Yeah. So in the TV show, he's not. He's fake. Oh wow! They've made him up. Oh wow! And they're pretending there's this guy named Wilfred. There yeah. was a guy named Wilfred, but she left him. The oh. the main engineer chick left him. Wow! So she's been running the train, but pretending Wilfred's still Wilfred there. Wilfred was a person. Anyway, mm. um, he turns up at the end. There was a spare train. Uh. 
he like uh, he's on a supply train and as they oh. go past where it's parked he like is coming wow. and he attaches to the back and then so the second season is kind of like Wilfred him yeah them dealing with the 200 people on this other train and the 4,000 people on their train oh. just kind of like that's pretty cool how do they negotiate that there's this you should watch the movie You'll, mm. you should it's pretty wacky it's out there yeah I want to watch it yeah mm. there you go well I might have to watch the TV series alright sounds cool maybe not yeah on a Saturday <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thank you for listening, everybody. If you want to get in touch, too drunk podcast at gmail.com at too drunk accountants on all the socials. We love hearing everybody write in. We love talking to everybody. So make sure you do that and we will calculate it. Bye.